IDR, IBR, PAYE, REPAYE, deferment and forbearance all mean one thing. How can so many acronyms and words mean only one thing, you ask? What could that one thing be? All of these acronyms are used to describe programs for deferring the payment in full of federal student loans. And the one thing that they all have in common is that they stretch out your loan repayments for decades. That means you're going to have a very, very long time to regret a decision you made at an early age. Hi, this is Rose McConnell, and you are listening to Episode 6 of Season 1 of the Fit Institute Podcast. We're your site for financial intelligence training regarding student loans. If you have listened to earlier episodes, you know that I'm a lawyer, but that I'm not providing legal advice here, just general information about student loans. And you know that my general impression of them is that they are death traps and not good things. You also know that this podcast isn't and won't be affiliated with any lenders. I'm interested in what is happening to student loan debtors, and there are plenty of people looking out for the interest of lenders and providing refinancing tips. I don't want to denigrate those sites that are, or even the idea of refinancing for people who have debt that they have difficult managing. Cutting your interest rate can result in significant savings if you have a large amount of debt, but talking about saving pennies on the dollar of debt is just not what I do. And as you know, if you've listened to earlier episodes, season one is focused on students who are considering college but have not yet taken on debt, or students who have a limited amount of debt are are considering whether they should take on additional debt. Season two will be talking about the methods of dealing with unmanageable student loan debt including the remedy of bankruptcy, but that's not where we're talking, that's not where our focus is today. This first season is devoted to providing information to people who are contemplating taking out student loans. And as I've said on earlier episodes, I think people are incredibly nonchalant about what it means to be burdened by significant amounts of debt. I don't understand why people have adopted that attitude. But it seems to be the prevalent attitude is sort of a weary indifference to debt without really understanding what it means in the debtor's life. I do think that the morass of acronyms and names for repayment programs and plans have created confusion and have led people to believe that a great deal of their debt will be forgiven by one mechanism or another. In episode five, I talked about the public service loan forgiveness program and why it's unlikely that your own student loan will be forgiven in such a program, although some people will certainly have the benefit of that. But today's episode is talking about the income-based repayment plans, sometimes called uh, IBRs or Income Determined Repayment Plans or IDRs. And the reason, of course, these programs were developed is that literally millions of people are currently burdened by student loan debt that they are finding it difficult or impossible to repay. 
according to a January 2017 Wall Street Journal article, as many as half of all borrowers of federal student loans have not made a single payment in seven years. And perhaps you are thinking this is because they are beneficiaries of a loan repayment program, such as the uh, income-based repayment plan or deferral or forbearance or grace period. And perhaps they are, although from what we can tell, a number of these people and perhaps even the majority of these several million people have never applied for any uh, forbearance or deferment. Some of them have been enrolled in these uh, IDRs and IBRs, and so their loan is considered current even though they're not actually making any payments on it. The truth is, of course, that at least half, and it's very hard to get correct figures on this, at least half of these people find themselves unable to repay their student loans. And that's why I think it's so important for people to not be indifferent about what this will mean in their life and how these programs actually work, how the deferment and forbearance and how the income-based repayment programs actually work. As is discussed in my forthcoming book, Shun Student Loans, there are only four ways of getting rid of student loans, one of which is to pay them in accordance with their terms, which means to repay the principal and interest over a 10-year period. The second one is to have a portion of the loan forgiven by complying with an ever-changing set of loan forgiveness rules and regulations. Some of these are administered by the federal government and the Department of Education. Some of these are administered by state governments. So that's two. And the third one is having a portion of the loans forgiven after paying a fixed percentage of your income for a period of 20 to 25 years. So for quarter of a century. Some of these programs, I understand, are now considering stretching the terms out to a 30-year repayment plan. And the fourth one is bankruptcy. So those are the only three ways, or excuse me, four ways that you can deal with student loans. Pay it when it's due. Actually qualify for a public service loan forgiveness program that is available and works at the time that you need it, which Listen to episode five. There are a lot of problems with those. The IDRs and the IBRs, which we're going to talk about today, are bankruptcy. That's it. So you need to know going in which one of those four ways you're going to be using to deal with your student loans. So with regarding to the IDRs and IBRs, don't be misled by all the acronyms. It doesn't really make any difference what they mean pay or repay or IBR or IDR all serve to hide some degree of bad news. Perhaps the most egregious and hidden bad news for you is that you have absolutely no way of knowing today that any or all of these programs will be available to you for dealing with your student debt five or 10 or 20 years down the road. These are all government created programs. They are not promises made to you in your loan documents. The fact that you are relying on them when you're taking out the loan is merely a reflection of your lack of understanding of the terms of the loan. The only thing that your loan document reflects is an agreement to repay your loan over a 10-year period. Your loan documents don't have anything about 
income-based repayment plans. They don't have anything about public service loan forgiveness. They don't have anything about deferral and forbearance. These are policies adopted by the government, and the government giveth and the government taketh away. To the extent you're relying upon these programs today in deciding to take out loans, I would submit to you that that is a mistake. And to the extent that a financial aid officer suggests to you that you're going to have the benefit of these programs available to you to deal with your student loan debt, I would suggest to you that they are misleading you. That is, in fact, not true. You might. It's true. You might. But you have no guarantee that these programs will be available to you. Zero guarantee. So that's the first and biggest risk of the programs is they could go away at any time. A second risk that you need to take into consideration, try and really understand what this means, is that you're not going to be automatically enrolled in anything. The only thing that happens is when you graduate is if for your federal student loans, not your private ones, but for your federal student loans, you do get a six-month grace period, and then your 10-year repayment plan kicks in. But let's suppose you're unemployed at the end of six months, or you're only making $14,000 a year so that you have no means available to you to repay the debt that you've accrued in college. You are not going to be automatically enrolled in any of these income-based repayment programs, even if they exist at the time that you need these programs. What may well happen is that your loan servicer may not cooperate with you or tell you about the opportunity to enroll in these programs because it is in the interest of the loan servicer to cause you to go into default. If you go into default, they can charge you fees that are almost incomprehensibly large. For instance, there's an example of, and I'll cite to the actual case in, in the case notes on my site, if you check those out, a case of a young woman who had roughly $15,000 worth of debt that went into default and she wanted to go into an income-based repayment program and her lender caused her to go into default. They refused to offer her the program and they tacked on over $4,500 of fees. So they added nearly 25% to the cost of her loan through the fees that they added instead of enrolling her in this income-based repayment plan. My point on this is, is these people are not your friends. The loan services are not going to be your friends. They are not there to help you. That will not be what they do. So you say, well, I don't understand these today because it's so complex. Yes, it is. It's not going to become less complex. It's still going to be difficult to understand if you need to avail yourself of it. These are not good programs for you. And to rely upon something that you don't understand today and you don't know if it will be there tomorrow, and even if it is there tomorrow, you are not in control of the process of getting enrolled in those programs. This just strikes me as it's just an insane degree of risk. If I was a lawyer advising a client in this situation, I would advise them don't consider doing this. This is simply 
too much risk. You, you are not in control of any of this. The first thing is, is that the government giveth and the government taketh away. These programs are here today, but they may not be available to you whenever you graduate or whenever you need them in the future. The second thing is, is even if they are available, your loan servicer may not cooperate with you and facilitate your enrolling in this program. And the result may be an enormous number of costs to you. A third thing is, is today, if you're less than 25 years old, you can't possibly appreciate what it means to owe debt for 25 or 30 years. That's your whole life. You haven't owed any debt for 20 or 30 years. You can't conceive of what it might mean to, to owe money and to make payments on something for decades and to have the experience of seeing that debt essentially remain the same for decades, notwithstanding your payment of the debt. So that's the third thing that makes these programs really unattractive for you as a scheme to deal with student loan debt. And the fourth thing, again, is a practical matter that you probably don't know about and that would happen to you at the end of the repayment period. And let's say that over a period of 25 years that you pay some percentage of your income, and it's a fixed percentage of your income, notwithstanding how large your loan might be. Percentage of your income that you pay is not large enough to cover the interest. And you think, well, why do I care? Because I'm going to do these things. My loan is going to qualify, and I'm going to get that loan forgiveness at the end of a quarter of a century of working. There is a thing called forgiveness of indebtedness income in the income tax code, which means that if your lender forgives debt, and that's what the federal government is suggesting it will do with certain of the student loans, then you are charged with tax on the amount of income that is forgiven. And that amount could be much larger than the amount that you borrow. It could be twice as much. So even though you make payments on $30,000 worth of debt over a 25-year period, and you consistently make those payments, which is just an extraordinary thing for me to even talk about that. I mean, you're not going to end up with a house. You're, you're not even going to end up, you're just going to be paying for something. You're going to be paying on something that you already had years ago for a quarter of a century, which is so burdensome and so awful, I can hardly even articulate it. But let's just say that you do that successfully, but your, in, your payments aren't sufficient to pay the interest. Perhaps at the end of 25 years, now instead of owing $30,000, maybe you owe $60,000. And now you're going to get taxed on that. Let's just say you're at the 30000 or excuse me, 30 percent income tax bracket. Who knows what the income tax brackets are going to be in 30 
25 or 30 years from now, but that's as good as one as any. So you're going to owe $20,000 worth of tax. So after 20 years of consistent payments that you never miss, because this is really important that you actually make all those payments, those income-based repayments, you're going to owe more than you originally borrowed and you're going to owe tax on it. Does that sound like a working plan? This to me just sounds like the path to hell forever. And people are being encouraged to take out these loans on the basis that they're going to quote unquote benefit from these plans. So I hope this helps you understand how these income-based repayment plans actually work why they don't constitute a good plan for you for dealing with student loan debt, and why it's really important for you to come up with a plan for how to get the education you need for the life you want without incurring debt. So you have been listening to the Fit Institute podcast. This was episode six of season one of the podcast. Season two is going to be dealing with Uh, forbearance deferment and bankruptcy season one is dealing with considerations prior to going into student loan debt i hope you found this helpful please sign up on itunes for the podcast please visit our website i try to include bonus material in all the show notes and if you visit our facebook page i'm happy to answer questions and uh, add to the topics that will be covered on future episodes Very soon, we're going to have a couple people on who have graduated from college with no debt recently, which just goes to show you that it can be done if that's the commitment that you make prior to going to college in order to complete your education. So thanks for tuning in. I look forward to hearing from you and talk to you again soon. I just realized that I didn't tell you where you could visit our site, and that is at http ps colon backslash blacks backslash www.fit.institute backslash so please visit our site sign up for our email newsletter and i look forward to hearing from you thanks so much for tuning in